The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! I really hope that people don't always feel so much pressure to, like, have their purpose and, like, their life, like, their career be the thing that they're like, this has to be what I do. And it is, you know, it's it's not, it doesn't have to be that. I think it's a real generational thing that we think that we all need to be on, like, the Forbes list and we all need to, like, have, a, a like, a brand or be this career person where it's, like, my purpose is being a good friend. Like, I know that, like, this job pays the bills, but, like, my purpose is, like, doing something else, being a good mother or being a great daughter. Like, there's so many other ways to have purpose and fulfillment in your life. And I just feel like no one talks about that. And I just, I see so many people struggle with it. Stephanie Suganami, a.k.a. Steph Shep, is on the podcast today. I think you guys are really going to like this episode. It kind of goes all over the place, which is really fun. And she gives a lot of tangible takeaways for people who are looking for tips and tricks to be a bomb-ass employee, but also someone who wants to build their own business and become an entrepreneur. In this episode, we talk about how she got started in LA, how to be adaptable, resourceful, how to work your way up, working through struggle. We talk about why Kim Kardashian fired her. We even talk about the Kris Jenner organization of it all, how to leverage your professional skills to find your true passion in life, and her number one beauty tips. On that note, let's welcome the iconic, the lovely, the amazing Steph Shop, actor, entrepreneur, environmental advocate, and tastemaker to the show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. You are so multifaceted. I want to know what you were like as a little girl. Oh my gosh. I was pretty entertaining as a kid, I've got to say. I think my mom would have said I was probably a little wacky. But I think I was a fun kid. Like, I remember her saying to me, I didn't, like, cry a lot. Like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't a difficult kid. I just was really entertaining. She, My mom would always say, like, I just was, like, a lot of fun, which I think is great. That's so nice to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I, I hope I can say the same thing about my daughter. Like, <laughs> just tell her she's a lot of fun. Yeah, she would always say, she was just like, we would just have the most fun. Like, you're just the most. I mean, you know, she, like, thought the world of me. But she would just say that, like, I was a lot of fun. And... I think I was. I think I like to have fun. When you look back, were you someone who wanted to be on stage? Were you someone who was more comfortable being in the background? Like, what was your vibe there? I was a performer from the second I was born. I got into dance really young. Like, when I was probably, like, two and a half going into three, I started taking, like, ballet and tap and jazz as a kid. And I, like, loved to sing and dance and perform and like do weird voices and accents and like I still I still do that. My husband thinks I'm a full freak. But um, now that you said accent, I'm gonna make you do an I accent. Know. Right no on the show. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to. <laughs> you have an accent too. No, no, no. You do an just, accent? The no, worst no. accent I've ever keep heard. Keep going. Of. We're gonna get to accents. No, but... when I get drunk, I only talk in a British oh, accent. Let me get some alcohol. Only a British accent. Like it's so bad. Um, but I was a performer as a kid for sure. Really, and I was an only child, so I had to entertain myself, and I think that was part of it. Like having a creative world because I was by myself. And I really loved performing. I danced my whole life from 
three until God, like 22. I was a dancer and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go on tour with Britney Spears. I wanted to be a pussycat doll. Like that was my dream. So you were very into dancing. Oh yeah. Like I, when I, like I told you, I went to college for a hot second and I was a dance major. I danced for the Cleveland Cavaliers basketball team. That's what I wanted to do. Is that what brought you to LA? Yeah. Yeah. I moved to LA because I wanted to pursue dance. I really wanted to be a pussycat doll. <laughs> like that, like I was like, because I wanted to sing and dance and tour and like that life was really exciting. And I feel me. like you could still live that out though. <laughs> could you imagine? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I can. I, I haven't danced in so long. It would just be like a little pivot at this point. Yeah. But you, could st- <laughs> I feel, you could still probably do it. No, it's it adds to the multifacetedness of it all. Yeah. Yeah. If I just come out. I, and I always said too, I was like, and I tell my husband this, I was like, I just want to like record like one country song in my life. Like, I don't know why country, but just because I feel like I can sing that the best. But maybe. You never know. When you look back on your childhood and college, were you always into sustainable living? Yeah, I think I always had an interest. I mean, I had an environmental studies minor. So I think, yeah, I must have always been interested in it. I think maybe growing up in Ohio, I just have had had a different relationship maybe with the earth and like my mom always gardened and there was just like maybe a different ethos that I was raised with that I had a different outlook on the way we live and the way we live on this planet. But it wasn't until, you know, I was a bit older and could step outside of myself and see like what was actually happening in the world, like as an adult to really understand how important trying to live a sustainable life and contributing in that way was. I watched An Inconvenient Truth as an adult. I'd watched it as a child, like as a teenager, and then I watched it again as an adult and it hit me in a different way because I think I couldn't even grasp the concept as much until I was a bit older and, and grown up a bit. When you got to L.A., when did you realize that maybe you had to find something else other than dancing? Like, what was that like? What was that epiphany? I mean, I loved dancing. Like, I loved, like, I was go-going and, like, I, that's like a whole nother, like, what life of go-going? mine. Like, go-go you dancing. You should be for Halloween. I know. That'd be cute. I always think I'm like, because I used to go-go. See, these are, this, these are the moments that I overshare and then I'm like, <laughs> am I going to want everyone to know this about me? I used to go-go at a night called Truck Stop in West Hollywood. And it was so much fun. And it was like the Coyote Ugly of like lesbian night. Amazing. I loved it. And I was so in it. And I and I really loved being a part of the dance community. I just was like, I don't know, maybe it's the Virgo in me. I was like, how am I going to get a paycheck though? Like, this is hard. There's, I'm going to cattle calls with 400 dancers and I don't know anyone. Like it is, there, there are politics. You need to know the choreographers. You need to take people's classes. You need to... You know, and it was really overwhelming to me. And I was like, I need money to pay the bills. Like, I don't know if I can hack this. Like, I'm, I don't, maybe I'm not good enough, you know, like I need some other way to make money. And so my dance agent at the time was like, well, look, this uh, creative director choreographer is, he needs an assistant. So why don't you do this while you're still auditioning? And like, you're still a part of the world because he, you know, is a choreographer and you can have a steady paycheck because that was really stressful to me. Like the freelance of it all and like not knowing when you're going to have a paycheck stresses me out. Do you become his assistant? I did. Yeah. And what is that like to be thrown into that world? Because I don't think people understand how much work it is. So much work. It is. Sorry, Katie. I know. (laughs) Poor Katie. Yeah, poor Katie. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is a lot of work. I think I just like have always been an adaptable person. And that really was 
something that helped me because I didn't really know what I was doing. Like, I'm just like a kid from a small country town in Ohio. Like, I don't know. Like, we didn't go to the dry cleaners. Like, I didn't, you know, like just simple things that I didn't have the life experience at. God, I was 20, 21 years old. Like, I didn't I didn't know how to do half the things that I was asked to do. But like being an adaptable, resourceful person, you just kind of have to figure it out. And it's not like this city is the most forgiving city. Oh my God, no, it's so hard. And yeah. back then we didn't have Postmates and Instacart and Uber and all of these like resources. It was like I was out there, you know, doing everything from A to Z. But I was really excited about the opportunity because I was like, oh, this is someone who has experience in a field that I'm really excited about. I'm going to learn so much. And I like, I'm a very dedicated person when it comes to work. Like I don't like to give less than 100%. And so I kind of just threw myself into it. And then dance kind of just fell to the wayside because I, I I don't know, I'm organized. I'm really, I'm a Virgo. I'm good at being an assistant. And I just naturally kind of took to it. I always tell Michael the number one quality that I want my kids to have is resourcefulness. Yeah. I think it is the most important quality. It's 100%. like figure it out. And I also, when someone presents me all these problems, it's like, what's the solution? Totally. Uh, let's not waste time on the problem. What's the solution? It sounds yeah. like you're like obviously incredibly resourceful. Yeah. What are some other things that you learned on your first job? Besides figuring it out, because you do have yeah. like that is to me, that's the foundation of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes I see now like with assistants that like my husband and I work with, they're like, it just can't be done. And I'm like, I'll wait for you to figure out how to get to where it's going to be done because it just can be, you know what I mean? Like and I and I let them I'm like, you just sit there with it and you figure it out and then come back to me with a solution because I if I get involved, like it'll be handled. So I think absolutely resourcefulness is so key being proactive, being one step ahead. And I also, what I really learned was to take responsibility. Yes. And that is a really hard thing that some people can't do. Like, well, she didn't do this, so I couldn't do that. And well, they told, I assume that, no, you can't ever fucking assume anything. Assume that no one knows how to do their job and that you need to be on top of everything. It was, it's, I think it's one of the hardest things about running a company or an organization is like teaching personal accountability because I've, I've always said that if if your first thing is hey that's somebody else's fault then nobody's ever going to be willing to help when there's yep. an issue where if the if instead the mentality is like hey this is my fault or yeah. my issue then everyone kind of rallies around and says okay let's solve this together 110 percent. but if you're constantly pointing the finger you're the, you become the person that nobody wants to help 100 percent. and i think it's it's a real like mature thing to say oh you know what i'll take that i'll take that that was on me I'm, you know what? And even if it's like, sure, the X, Y, and Z happened and it, maybe it wasn't something in your control, but to say, you know what? You're right. Like, we don't need to have this back and forth of like, whose fault is it? What it that doesn't serve any purpose. It's just like, you know what? I got it moving forward. Like I'll handle it this way. And then I think that is such a great skill to have. And it's a mature way to work with someone. It's also wasting time to just go back and forth. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's, what's the solution? Well, I also feel it's liberating in a way to just basically take accountability for it. Like, I think everything's my fault. Yeah. Really, I do. Like, at the core, even if I, like, sometimes I'm going to literal pull that clip <laughs> next time you do something that annoys <laughs> no, the but fuck I mean, out of like, me. Like, like, everything your is your fault. Oh, yeah. so hundred percent right agree. on that one. But I mean, like, <laughs> like, even if I can be, like, we can get into it, whatever, as couples do, I will, like, go back and reflect and like, okay, like I could have handled, like I always like, yeah. I could have done that differently. I could have responded differently. I could have said something. And I think when you do that, it's liberating because 
when you take personal accountability, then you can actually make changes and yeah. grow. Where if you're constantly blaming everybody else, it, it disables you from actually making any changes to positive effect. Yeah, I completely agree. When you start your first assistant job, do you know from there that you wanted to get like a celebrity assistant job or was it nothing like that? Is it something that you just fell into? It's something I just fell into. I just happened to be really good at being an assistant. I kind of thought my next step would be to be kind of like a creative director or something because that's who I was working for and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the creative process of like pulling references and like, you know, coming up with ideas for music videos or looks or, you know, like just having that creative process was really fulfilling to me and I really enjoyed it. So I thought, oh, like, you know, I I could be a creative director in this space. Like this, that's of interest to me. I enjoy set days. I like being on set. I like being around people. I like producing things and having this type of kind of managerial, you know, work life. I kind of felt like I had done everything I could do in that assistant role. And so I was like, you know what, let me just go back to dance. Like maybe like, let me not give up on my dream. And I, I stepped away for a little bit, kind of was a little lost in the sauce. Like, am I going to dance? Like, am I going to be a stylist? Like, I don't know. What am I going to do? I don't really have enough experience to be a creative director right now. And I think I was just a little burnt out, to be honest, because when you're an assistant, like you, it's a lot. It's 24-7 if you're good at it and you're dedicated to it. And so it was two years of 24-7. I was a little burnt out and I was a little lost. And then Robin Anton brought an opportunity to me to interview to be Kim Kardashian's executive assistant. And I was like, oh, the opportunity to work under someone like that could be incredible. You know, not that I had any interest in, you know, doing or pursuing reality TV. But as an entrepreneur, she had her hand in so many different verticals of this business that I was like, okay, I'm not sure where my lane is. But if I work for her and I learn some things, I'm sure it'll help move me in the right direction. I also think that it, the systems and the tacticalness, if that's a word, mm -hmm. of the way that they run their business, like is it's you're right. It is such an incredible way to learn like yeah. the organization and like oh the routines gosh. and like what time things are scheduled and how it's scheduled yeah. and how they're on time. I mean, it's it's like a system. No, it's, it's a machine. It's a machine yeah. and it's meticulous. And it's I always say it's like my graduate school because like I learned everything that I know about sending an email to an agent or speaking to a manager or booking glam or finding a photographer or doing product development or dealing with a publicist, like every single step of everything that you have to know about being an entrepreneur in the entertainment business, I learned from working under Kim. What are some nuances to say something like if, if people are listening to like an email that maybe you started doing differently? Oh my gosh. I think like the formalities, just having like a professional tone is really important. I don't know, like I'll see email, like for an assistant that, you know, maybe I'd worked with before and it was kind of like the email, like you always want to have like a bit of a pleasantry. I think that's nice for me, especially if it's someone representing me and their interactions, like with a brand, say a brand is like, hey, we want to, you know, invite you to this event or whatever. And I'm not available. Don't just write back and say, hi, she's passing. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. The word pass is negative. Yeah. If the way you write an email starts with, unfortunately, throw 100%. it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. No one wants to be around Debbie Downer yeah. scarcity mindset. Yeah. How can you put a spin on it? So you're right. There's a pleasantry. And it's also 
an upbeat undertone that is also professional without 600 explanation. But 100%. I think that goes for anyone in any field. Right? Yes, like, that's definitely. why I think it's a good tip. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think I was like, no, we don't talk to people like that because this is a relationship that, yeah, sure, I don't want to go to this event, whatever, but I still want to maintain relationships. Like in this business, that is everything. The relationships that you have with people, the way that you interact, it's, it's so, so deeply important. And I would never want anyone to think that like, from an, an an email that an assistant wrote that I was ungrateful or curt or didn't, you know, have any respect for the thing that they were asking me to come to because I'm so lucky to even fucking be thought of to be invited to something that like I want that to be communicated. I also think sometimes people don't realize how high people can rise. Right. Oh, totally. Meaning like sometimes you think you're dealing with the bus boy and the next thing you know, that guy's running or that girl's running. Well, it's got to be a trip for you because you went from being an assistant and now you're like this like superstar in so many different areas. And I also think when it's interesting to me that that you said you want to be you wanted to be a creative director in some ways to me, you you were doing yeah. creative directing with assistants. Oh, totally. Like it's, I've heard Kim talk about it before that you guys would like text about Kimojis. Kim- oh my God, yeah. Kimojis. Like yeah. you were like, <laughs> you you sort of like got to experience creative directing, totally. it sounds like too. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was like one of those things that I feel like was like in my tool belt that was like just another thing that I could pull out and be like, hey, I'm also your assistant, but like I have other assets that I can bring to the table. I can, and I think that that's important for someone who is an assistant that's looking to grow. Like, bring more to the table. Don't just be like, well, you didn't offer and I didn't, I just want to be the COO of your company. And I'm like, well, then why didn't you say, hey, I'd really love to be more involved in X, Y, and Z. And what about if I started taking calls with your management to see how we can further expand and how I can grow this? Be proactive, be thoughtful, bring something to the table. And then you could see how that might flourish versus like, I'm just, what am I going to get coffees for the rest of my life? That attitude is going to get you absolutely nowhere. And sorry, to your point again about, you know, you never know who you're dealing with. Like, yeah, I was an assistant and I can tell you a list of people who, when I was working for Kim, showed me respect versus a list. And I remember it. And those were the people that I got back to their emails a little bit quicker. You know, it's funny. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? In Caitlyn Jenner came on the show and was talking about how Bob Iger used to be mm. the bellman at a hotel. Yes, yes. And like now the guy, you know, he's, he's Bob Iger. He's Bob Iger. And it's just like, he's just, you never know. You never know. I kind of want you to stay on what you're saying for a minute because a lot of people will say, and I'm not talking about in my company. I've just heard this, you know, in a lot of places working throughout my years. It's not my job. Yeah. And you said like, oh, I don't want to get coffees. I don't want to open packages for the yeah. rest of my life. How would you advise someone who wants to raise within an organization and sort of create their own future? What would you tell them to do and what not to do? Yeah, I think see how you can contribute more in the space you want to be involved in. If that's outside of your lane, have that conversation. Be like, hey, you know, this is a real interest of me. This vertical of your company is really interesting to me. I would love to just start sitting in on these meetings and just kind of learning and seeing this because I feel like I could really contribute here. And then it's like, you know, there are definitely instances when I was working for Kim where I'd be like, hey, I think this is a really cool idea to do X, Y, and Z. She shouldn't ask me to come up with it. But I thought that that could be advantageous for her business, for her blog, for her brand, whatever it is. 
And so you offer that up and then people start to say, oh, she's got really good ideas. Let's tap her for this. Oh, you know what? She was really involved in that. She was really, there was a lot of enthusiasm. She was really excited about that project. Maybe we should bring her in more. Maybe she has something more to offer versus waiting for something, waiting for someone to see that you could be good at something because you're just there. Or or just asking for more, more, more. There has to be a give, 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 ask. Mm. It's the ask, ask, ask isn't going to get you anywhere. Well, yeah. I, I think just, th- how you gave, gave, gave. So it's like you want to say for free, but it's like you sort of gave up your ideas to get to the other side. Totally. Yeah. But it also signals enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, like when you're working in an organization, no matter what kind of level you are, you can always, you know, when you see enthusiasm from people, you kind of, you start paying attention a little yeah. bit more, right? It's like, I, I think so, we, we, you, people get into a dicey situation when it's like, I have to be acknowledged before I do the work. It's like, do yeah. the thing first 100%. and the other stuff will take care of itself. I think sometimes yeah. people are, they have it a little backwards. Like I, in my personal career, it's always been giving a lot more in the beginning in the hopes that later it will pay off. Absolutely. And like, there's no, like if you even start with the mentality that there's any task be- below you or beneath you, like you've got the wrong attitude for someone that I want to work with. Like, my husband just started his company. He still like books his own flights and hotels and gets his own, like, you know, he's not like, he's not bigger than doing any task that anybody on his company could do. I want you to write a book about this. I'm not joking. <laughs> I'll take out the trash. I'll open the packages. I'll, I'll shovel right. the shit. You, and I think what makes a really interesting boss is the boss or or an employee that's done all the things yeah. before they get to their even career. It, it shows them all the facets of the business. Yeah. You have to take your ego out of it. You have to take your ego out of it and you've got to pay your dues. I know that social media makes things think things look like these successes happen overnight. And I know I've heard other people say this, but it's just not the case. Like I have worked in this business. Like I, I mean, I came here when I was 19. Like I just just moved here yesterday and all of a sudden I was best friends with Kim Kardashian. Like, you know what I mean? There was like, before I was working for her, I was like sleeping on my friend Anthony's couch for like three months with like nowhere to go. And I was like, oh, if I didn't have this person to let me sleep on his couch, I would be living out of my car. So like, this wasn't just like all of a sudden I moved to LA and all of a sudden I just started working for Kim Kardashian and like, here it happened. No, no, no. Like there, you need to like have that experience because in the end of the day, it makes you better at your job. It makes you have a different understanding of how important some of these things are, especially when you're the boss and I'm in this position and I'm like, oh no, no, you don't understand. Like your frivolousness is costing me money. It's costing me relationships. It's costing me my reputation. It's costing me so many things that that's my livelihood that I don't have like mommy and daddy to like fall back on and bail me out. Like, so this is serious to me because this is what I've worked for. This isn't just like for fun, you know? I think people really need to hear conversations like this to have context around what it sort of takes to get to where you want to be. You didn't just come here and become her assistant. That's not the way it works. The problem, like there's a lot of great things about social media and it's it's a great tool. But the problem is, is sometimes people will look at someone at now your station in life with all the success and they'll simplify your story. Sure. Oh, she came here. She became Kim's assistant. They want to put her in a box. Well, No, but I also think it's a way for people to justify sometimes or either contextualize how someone has come as far as you've come. Right. It's Mm. like, oh, well, Maybe it wasn't as much work. Maybe it was a little luck. And then she mm-hmm. met this person and then this happened. But most of the people that have come on this show that are high performers or have some sense of accomplishment have 
the all these years that people didn't see of totally. putting in all and of I'm this hard so work. I'm so glad people didn't see. Yeah, and it's, years. you know, though, I I kind of like. I wish more people showed a lot of that. So the problem yeah. is when you're going through, like nobody, like nobody would have yeah. cared when you're sleeping and on the like, couch. And like it didn't then. exist, exactly. Right, you know, right. like so, like all of my like struggles and and all of that, there wasn't a there. It just didn't exist. Like, so. I, I, I read a lot of history, right? And I'm reading a lot, and I'm, and most of the stuff I'm interested in is not all the great stuff that happened after, like whoever like I'm reading about. Like obviously you're reading because something great happened or they had some kind of great life. But I'm trying to like really understand all the bad stuff mm. that they went through first because that to me is where I think most of the lessons are. Does totally. that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Like you have to have grit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I find more often than not that people who come from adversity or have faced some type of adversity, adversity in their life definitely have like an inner strength that really propels them to a different level. One thing I've learned on this podcast, there is so many kitchenware products that contain a bunch of chemicals, toxic materials like PFAS, PTFE, and PFOA. So here's the deal. I don't want to like have to go digging through the internet to see what's in all of my kitchenware. So I made things streamlined and easy on me because one thing I love to do is save my time. And Caraway values my time because they have non-toxic products, all kitchenware. They have internet famous kitchenware that's a staple for any home. It comes in beautiful modern shades that really fits with the design aesthetic. I love like all the non-toxic stuff, but I also want it to be pretty. And there is this color that they have on the site that matches perfectly with my home. It's like a cream. It's super classic. It's beautiful. It's got like silver accents. And we use this to cook all my kids scrambled eggs. They're pancakes. We even will like do a bunch of meat. You guys know I love a bowl of meat and they're big one. Nothing sticks to the pan, which is so nice. And to just know that it's not covered in like all this chemical coating is so nice. Visit carawayhome.com slash skinny10 to take advantage of this limited time offer. You get 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash skinny10 or use code skinny10 at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. If you are someone who values your time and you also really want to be healthy, but you don't have a lot of time, then you should check out Sakara. Sakara is it when it comes to delivering science-backed, plant-rich nutritional programs and wellness essentials right to your door. They have like these organic, ready-to-eat meals that are nutritionally designed to help you optimize your well-being with results that you can see and feel. So they have digestive wellness. They have stuff to ease bloat, stuff to enhance your metabolic health, energy, and safe weight management. I think that this is such a no-brainer if you want to do food delivery. If you're already spending a lot getting food delivered to your house with a delivery program, why not use something that's plant-rich and organic? Everything is like designed to make you feel your best. Everything is so curated for someone who wants to save time but also look their best and be healthy. I am such a fan of this brand. I've been talking about this brand since I feel like the inception of the Skinny Confidential like 10 years ago, you guys. I just really respect how they give you all these delicious, nutritious options to your door. They have this classic 
cacao chip and almond waffle that is so good. My kids even love it. And right now, our listeners get 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash skinny or enter code skinny at checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash skinny. You get 20% off your first order. sakara.com slash skinny. If you are looking for a multivitamin that is clinically backed for women 18 plus with high quality traceable clean ingredients, then you need to check out Ritual. I cannot shut the fuck up about Ritual. I love this brand. I think they do such an incredible job of doing a multivitamin right. First of all, they're vegan certified. They have omega-3 DHA in their multivitamin, which is so important. They even have microalgae from Canada. (laughs) And everything is traceable. So you know exactly where it's sourced, which I think is so incredible, especially when so many supplement companies are not so upfront. Ritual is soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without any GMOs. The best part, though, I keep telling everyone about this. There is a minty essence in every bottle. This keeps things fresh, so you're not getting those nasty, chalky fish burps. You're just getting, like, fresh, minty breath in your multivitamin. How I use this is I have it right by my toothbrush. I take two a day. It's super easy. It's really pretty. You want to leave it out on your counter. And it's also gentle on an empty stomach, which is amazing. Start a daily ritual that you can feel good about and help save the fish while you're at it. Ritual is offering our listeners 30% off during your first month. Visit ritual.com skinny to start ritual or add essential for women prenatal to your subscription today. I am a forever fan. I love their protein. I love their multivitamin. I just think that they do it right. I feel like you are the queen of organization. And let me like let me tell you two things. So one time, this is I want to say 8 years ago. It might maybe 5 years ago. I read an article on you. I think it was Refinery 29 Ugh. about like your day in the life. Yeah, that and article. And it was it's so, haunts my soul. It does? Yeah, because you know what I like like I said I don't like to share and like I like shared so much in that that like it was just Fringe, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I go mean, ahead. I was interested Thank to you. see behind the scenes because yeah. I'm so interested in like people's like morning routine and nighttime yeah. routine. But also, then I saw a TikTok recently oh, where yeah. you packed. Yeah, and my my <laughs> husband would. Li- it's like <laughs> you would pop a boner if you saw the way he, packed. he loves <laughs> shit might, like might that. Already have you <laughs> seriously would like freak you should out. see the way she packed. it's absolutely atrocious yeah so it's, i was like tra- screenshotting what do you do what does she do what don't i do no but you had like your racks yeah. with your little organizers like i feel like you need to make like a like sell that like yeah. like the whole setup she throws so much stuff in a bag or something's shit in the bag and then she has no idea <laughs> where anything better. is and the whole trip she complains because she can't find anything no, so all i'm interested in, like a, from a voice that is just like making me really nervous oh, to yeah. hear it <laughs> that's why i need a really really good organized assistant like katie yeah. she really helps me be organized yeah were you always like that or is that something that you learned while working on the job or was it a medley it was a medley for sure i definitely always had it in me and then going to like the Kris Jenner School of Organization where no one tops her. She is the queen of like, ev- like the girls there as organized because Chris is the way she is. She is so organized. It's like every time I go to her house, I learn something new and I'm like, oh, I'm going to take that. That's great. Like she's meticulous about it. And so I think it was a medley of just having it because I think you have to love it. You know what I mean? Like some people like 
are just unorganized. It's just who they are. I'm not unorganized. I don't know why you're my house is oh. meticulous like Chris Jenner's. <laughs> no, everything is meticulous in my house. Taylor. Don't let him laugh. Everything is Chris Jennered out. Taylor. <laughs> but I'm not great at packing. The way I text message is chaotic too. Oh, really? Yeah, it's chaotic. No, Lauren I'm, Lauren will come in the house. It'll look like a tornado. It'll be a mess. And then she'll, it's her mess. She'll clean it all up herself. And it's get organized chaos. Uh-huh. And then and she'll, it's you never thanked me for cleaning the house. I'm like, that was, I your mess. Know, the, the whole thing. Everything's organized. Should I come over before you pack for a trip and help you one I'm day? Send you a picture of what my bathroom looks like with everything disgusting. And then all of a sudden I snap my fingers and it's like perfect. But it's organized wow. chaos until it's organized. Okay. I think it's probably like a control thing. Like I like to, like I'm a little of a control freak. I think that's like a trauma response. Like, you know, you see that stuff on TikTok that's like, if you do this, like you definitely experience childhood (laughs) trauma. And I'm like, "Mm, right here. (laughs) So I think it's like a trauma response that I like to control and I can't control my life so I can control my environment when it comes to like my things. And it gives me a sense of peace and like, harmony that I can't eat like I love I will probably reorganize my pantry once a month I love to clean it out I love to relabel I love to organize I it I just it it brings me joy and I know because I've done closet cleanouts and stuff like this for some of my friends who can't stand to do it and I'll come over and I'll reorganize and I'll get them new hangers and I'll do the whole thing and they're like I never would have done this like I don't want to and I'm like I actively want to so I think there is a little bit of like neuroses like and you know like having it be a therapeutic thing but I also like for packing like if I were to be on a trip and not know what I was going to wear that would give me anxiety see Lauren you just got to lean into your trauma see that's what I learned yeah exactly that is what I learned from you I forgot that was the thing I learned from you is you said like you you would like plan what you're wearing to lunch and what to dinner and I was like oh I don't do that see I'll just pack a bunch of like I'll be like oh I need like three pairs of black pants and like but I won't look at the days you need to dig deep into your trauma dig deep in the way but I actually (laughs) I understand what she's saying though about being hyper organized everything is organized in the house your socks are in the perfect drawer. Oh Everything is organized. I'm going to DM you pictures. Everything's no, organized. No, no, no. Okay, you can DM pictures. Yeah. But you also have to show, you have to show snap, snapshots throughout the, the week. before. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. are you just like a hurricane? Because my husband's oh, a my. hurricane throughout the house. I'm like, oh, he was there. He was here. Here's this. Here's that. Here's that. Yes, but then I'll go in and meticulously yes. Chris Jenner organize it. Okay. So it's like, it's a Gemini thing. Oh, scary. Yeah, no yeah. shit. <laughs> what, is, what are little tiny organization tips that you have learned from Kris Jenner that mm. are so life-changing? Like stuff that like we wouldn't even think of. Like oh tell gosh. me like w- how she's organizing like the the toilet drawer. Like is there like weird... What's a toilet drawer? <laughs> the hell is a toilet drawer? <laughs> the toilet drawer. What's the First of all. Wait, the dishes. You have a drawer no, just the, for toilet the, stuff? The, the drawer that's underneath this kitchen sink that has like the plunger oh. and the sponges. Like I, I want to know. I haven't looked under there actually. <laughs> to look. Now, now I know. Now we know what we're doing the next what time What is like a house? weird like organization oh hack that's been life changing? I don't know. I think like I mean labeling has definitely changed my game. I think everyone knows like labeling is key for things. Maybe everyone knows that. I'm a label like at like I have like a turnstile for like my weed and like it is labeled like sativa, indica, hybrid. And like I can it's like I can just turn it and like have you posted that? I want to see that. No, I should I should. (laughs) Um it's very like opposite of what you would think a weed smoker would be doing with their weed, but it helps me keep organized. You need to know all the different kinds. So labeling is really key. And I think if everything has a place, nothing gets lost. 
what's really changed the game for me is like I posted a TikTok and then everyone came for me saying that I was like entitled and stuff. And I was like, fair, I can see that where I posted all of my pants and I have a lot of pants. I have a lot of black pants. I do. Cancel me. I got a lot of black pants and I want to be efficient and I don't like figuring out how all the different kinds of pants fit and how long they are and which one are tailored and which ones are for heels and which ones are for flats. So I took pictures in all of my pants and I put photos of them on each hanger hanger and labeled them so that way they have a home. That's that's maybe more than Kris Jenner. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Kris has done that. I want to see that TikTok. But maybe maybe Kim has for her storage, I think. Oh my god, the storage is Oh, you got to have house. an organized storage and an inventory so you know everything that's in there. It's the the commitment of time that yeah. you guys have to this is yeah. so crazy to me. That it's not like an easy feat to do all this. I mean, no. it's a lot of work. It is. It is, but you feel really good when it's done. And then you're like, "Hey, where's my DTT?" And you're like, "I know. It's here." Okay, so there's Polaroid pictures on each of your yes. hangers that well, shows I, how yeah. you look yeah. in the pants. Yes. I bought your label maker, the white oh, one. Oh, great. It's, yeah. a, it's a great label maker. I use it for everything. He's going to try to steal it. Look. get that label maker out. Yeah, he's, he's going to. I don't gonna, know it's been <laughs> He's like, nah, I've never seen the it. The label, I ha- I, you know how I have the white rack in the house when I pack? That's from her. Mm. Yeah, that's helpful when you do that. that it's so helpful, he right? It. I that's, love that one. That's a working well, rack. Because I have to carry all the stuff around and imagine it's just a storm yeah. of chaos well, yeah he has his fucking packing cubes with his shirts yeah. folded yeah, perfect we love his, a packing cube with his hair gel with the label he's like he is like listen my grandmother's full japanese and i'm core mm. japanese and i oh, no got way. yeah so I, I know i don't look at me yeah. sometimes i my sister's more but my grandma was like everything yeah. had a place yeah. everything was clean everything yeah. was organized so but, maybe it's just in our dna because i'm half japanese and although i did not grow up with my japanese family i feel inherently drawn to having this type of organization in my life like if she moves something out of place yeah if she doesn't i know in my mind if it's out of place and it bothers me (laughs) and then we get in fights about it because she will be like no i didn't i'm like i know you yeah but i do nice things for him like your ball hair gets stuck in like the drawer what are you talking about (laughs) you know like whatever the face hair and i like well get him Where the fuck that is? Like, it's and really I'll get him, turn. like the organizers, like for the drawer, and like oh, yeah. rinse them out. Like there's things that I do for you that That's you don't nice. even know. Oh no, nice. I do all of that. Like <laughs> I pack my husband. I he has his toiletries the same as mine because I'm so controlling. God bless him. He I'm such a Monica, and he just is so patient with me and lets me like because I'm like white socks. You can't wear black socks. Like I'm. I'm not like easy going. How do you <laughs> fit? I, I want to know how you fit all of this from a tactical standpoint into your routine. Are you waking up super early? Is it something that you have scheduled in your calendar? Like, I want to know from a micro level how Mm. you make all of this happen along with being a businesswoman, being a wife, doing all the things. Mm. I definitely rely on my schedule. Like, I'll schedule in, this is when I'm eating, this is when I'm showering, this is my drive time from my house to this podcast. Like, I really like to have things in my calendar because if not then like I'll be, I'm not gonna maybe I won't do it or maybe I'd forget to do it when it comes to packing and stuff I start that like a week in advance I'm gonna just literally keep you around and we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna whatever the rate is for the day we, to keep you, know? you around and just oh coach oh my god you guys a week in well, advance well because we're going we, go, we have to go somewhere for like a week and we have yeah. to do a bunch of different things yeah. 
And she's you have like, to plan the it. night before, like oh, literally God, no. six hours before the flight. Yeah. There's something sexy to me about the procrastination of it and like getting it all done last minute and then wrapping it in a bow last minute. Oh. I think I'm addicted to like the delayed like gratification. You like the, the adrenaline of like rushing the clock? Yeah. I think that's a trauma response. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. It probably definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's my own trauma. She likes to control yeah. time in the reverse way. Does that make sense? Mm. Does that like, make sense? No, it doesn't make sense to no. you guys. You guys are malfunctioning. No, like she, I think, you know, say we have to catch a flight at a specific time. Yeah. She wants to like resist that specific That's time yes. by pushing. My husband's like, the same way. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, It, it would it. lead to our divorce. If, oh if my we God, divorce for any reason, it's because we will miss a flight. Over here by a you know what I mean? I'm like, why must we get there at the hair? I love like, it. Like the, what do they call Like the skin of our teeth. Like, why must we get there? I, I like to get there. I don't have to rush. I'm not there super early. But I don't want to be running through the fucking airport. No, no. You know, like in the movie Home Alone when they're running through the airport? Mm-hmm. That's I love what my that. nightmares are made of. Like the family. Yeah, I'm with you. It's I'm a with you. Oh, don't even. <laughs> kids in the equation. See you later. Absolutely no, no, no. not. Oh, it's I the biggest thing in our marriage. I want to leisurely no. stroll through yes. with a, not a care in the world. I want to watch the other panicked people 100%. run by me in a panic. Wait, I have a question. This is just like really random. Are you one of those people that wants to get on the flight the second it yes. boards? Why would you want to get wanna... settled? I want to get settled. settled into what? It smells. It's no, cold. No, I need it's... to get out my pillow. I need to get out my blanket. I need to wipe the seat down. I need to prep my seat. I have like a whole thing that I do when I sit down. I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the position where my thing is not going to fit in the overhead because someone else put it you guys, in I've before me. I've never thought about that I saw in my this entire guy yesterday because we cares? flew last night and he had to put his, he was up in this row and he had to put his bag oh God, like seven rows. Hate it. Who cares? Hate it. I don't my spend nightmare. my energy thinking about any of my nightmare. I can't waste you know my energy. I learned because I have to do it for you. Yes. Okay, I, that's why I married you. I don't want to waste my energy thinking about where my bag goes. I don't want to get on the flight early. It Ugh. smells. I, I want to be off the flight as long as I possibly can. No, I don't want to chase people. I don't. There are because my husband's the same way. He'll have all his shit out and they're like 20 minutes to landing. And I'm like already packing up my blanket, like got myself together. It's always at 20 minutes. That's when I know that's my go time. And he and then he's like the last fucking one off the plane. And he forgot is this and the fucking thing. And I'm like, yo, like we've got to move. Like, what are you doing? You guys are attracted to that energy, though, because you guys both are so type A with that, that you guys need a little, a little flexibility. I don't know your husband, obviously, but I assume like this is what makes, I think if there was two people, you can't like, we have a couple that we're really good friends with and they're the, the man is like her and the woman's like, we're all best friends, yeah. but we we always, have the same. We can't. I the know, dynamic I, is similar in most couples, I'd have to say. Yeah, yeah you guys would be bored. You know yeah. what? I feel We'd like be if a little less stressed. <laughs> but so I don't know. If you're a couple that's the same, you have to break up because it's not going to work in the long yeah, run. Yeah, if you're a couple that's the same, like God bless, it, must be fucking nice. How did is... you know that you wanted to branch off and do your own thing? And how mm. did you also have a conversation with someone who your employer is like one of the most famous people in the world? You guys are also like best friends. How yeah. did that transpire and how did you make it work? Because yeah. you guys still well, I got fired. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> like a nice firing? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. No, and it was such a huge deal at the time. And like it was like, I mean, fired in the nicest sense of the word. Like I was crying. She was crying. Like it was a whole like, because we are friends. And honestly, like that friendship is really important to both of us. But it was kind of like, I think this theme in my life of kind of where I've just inherently felt like, oh, it's time to move on here. Like, I don't know if I have anything more I can like contribute to this. And I also, and and, you know, I think she probably felt that and saw that. And she's like, I want you to be like, thrive. Yeah. Do what, like you need something more. Like you, you have this thing, like there, like 
pursue that. Like I'm supporting you, whatever you need. And it was like the most beautiful uncoupling, <laughs> you know, never been closer. And, and she still is someone that I go to for personal and professional advice all the time. But I think it was just that feeling inside where I was like, okay, it's time. I think it's time for me to like to move on. And I didn't really have a plan, but I just knew that it was time for me to try something different. And it took me, God, that was 2017. That was a long time ago. And so it's really also, I have to say, interesting to be identified and so like for a job that I had, how many years ago was that about? 10 years ago? Yeah, that is got to be interesting. 11 or nine uh, years ago. You're going to think this is weird, but in the car, I was like, I don't want to ask her about gossip, but I'm obsessed with the organization and the <laughs> tacticalness and the routines and everything, all these like tips and tricks that you have to set up such a streamlined day. So for me, I'm like more voyeuristic about how the days are planned, yeah. the weeks are planned, because it's so much content and people and people yeah. wanting things from all from everything yeah not just from them from you too yeah I can only imagine that you almost have to put your blinders on to focus on what you're doing it's a lot of discipline yeah that goes into what you did and I also think it seems like you've taken a lot of the skills that you already had and that you've learned and applied it to now totally and it's interesting yeah. and I mean definitely discipline definitely like but also like a lot of like, fuck, I hope this works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like the landscape of social media was very different when I left. And I never had set out to be like an influencer. That wasn't even a thing, really. Like there were bloggers and stuff. And I knew I definitely didn't want to do that. But like to have a social media following and then kind of be like, well, I guess I could use this to make money because that's what like there's offers coming in. So I was like it, the whole beginning of me leaving my job with Kim was like, let's just try like, let's try this. Let's try that. Like, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Like saying yes to a lot of things without any real strategy. Like I wasn't like, okay, this is the brand I'm going to create. This is the path I'm going to go down. This is the person that I'm going to like, it wasn't, it was, it was really a hope and a prayer, you know, that, that, that it would work out. The first thing that felt good. The first thing that felt good was doing my J brand collab. That felt really good to me because I really do enjoy like product development. I do enjoy marketing. And I think that like when I look back and I'm like, oh, you take little tidbits of things that you do and see like, oh, that part I loved. That part I hated. I definitely know I'm not going to do that. This part, like I want more of this. Where can I find what's an outlet where I can do more of that? So J-Brand, that opportunity of like getting to design something and have a collaboration was really exciting for me because I really value like ownership and like doing something like on my own and owning an idea and seeing it come to life, like from the seat of an idea to the execution is really like a thrilling experience. Well, I think also what I'm hearing you say here, which I think is really smart is, you know, we get questions all the time from people like trying to figure out what their path in life is going to be, what yeah. they want to do for a career, what yeah. their passion is. And what I've always said is the people that come on that have really figured it out, it's 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 not like it's just been like this one thing that they always knew. It's like this collection of all these little experiences yeah. and they kind of pick and and tear apart things that work or don't work for them and then they kind yeah. of put it into the formula that works for themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. And a lot of people, I think they just want it all figured out and wrapped in a bow right away and I don't yeah. think that's realistic. No, I it definitely isn't because I mean, even after that, like what I wanted to do, that was 2018. I've had so many different evolutions of what I wanted my career to be and what I thought it would be. And, you know, I, what I'm pursuing now looks completely different than what I ever thought I would be doing 
I had I, I maybe hoped in the back of my mind I'd have the courage one day to like really be on my own and like pursue acting and like do all of these things and like want to be a producer like that just like came to me I was like oh I'm a producer like oh like that's what all these skills are for like I'm not just like a person that can organize pantry I am but like I can apply this and like have a career out of it but I also at the same time really would love to give a hot take that like I don't necessarily think that your purpose and passion has to come from your career I love that we are in this world where it's like, find something you love and you never work a day in your life. I think that's great. And I think it's a privilege to be able to do that that not is is not afforded to everyone. And I think it can sometimes be a little like, not damaging, but it, it can deter people from like just having a career or a job that pays the bills and finding purpose outside of that. And I don't, and I know we're in this real entrepreneurial environment and society where like everyone's an entrepreneur and like social media has democratized business and now there's all these small businesses and everyone can have a brand. And I think that's amazing if you have that passion because having your own brand, like you guys know, is not easy. You have to really, really, really want to do it. And I think young people, if young people are listening that I have talked to, especially in my life, where they're like, I don't know what it is. I just like, I want to have purpose and like my career. And, and I'm like, there is a world where you can have purpose outside of your job. Your purpose might not be what your job is. And that's okay. My mom worked at, elect at General Motors as an electrician for 30 years of her life. That wasn't her purpose. She worked because she had to provide and pay the bills. And that's completely normal and should be discussed and talked about. Like, that's a great avenue to take. If you are in the position where you can take care of your family and pay the bills, that's amazing. Her purpose was raising me. Her purpose was being a mother. Her purpose was outside of work. And I think sometimes when they're just kind of so enmeshed that like you could feel like, oh, well, I'm unfulfilled because this career that I'm in isn't my purpose. When I don't particularly feel fulfilled posting on Instagram, but I've been able to find purpose outside of that and doing cause-driven work and use the assets that I learn from this job that I have, this career that I have, and apply it to making all of this philanthropic stuff that I'm doing. Like I can, I can use my skills and be an asset there for the organizations that I'm working with. And that's my purpose. And so I think I really hope that people don't always feel so much pressure to like have their purpose and like their life, like their career be the thing that they're like, this has to be what I do. And it is, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be that. I think it's a real generational thing that we think that we all need to be on like the Forbes list and we all need to like have a, a like a brand or be this career person where it's like, your my purpose is being a good friend. Like I know that like this job pays the bills, but like my purpose is like doing something else or being a good mother or being a great dot. Like there's so many other ways to have purpose and fulfillment in your life. And I just feel like no one talks about that. And I just, I see so many people struggle with it. And so I, I know that's a hot take for an entrepreneurial. I think honestly, it's some of the best advice we've heard on the show in a long time. And you said it way better than I've ever said it. Honestly. Oh, you know, thank you. Really. Very well spoken. Okay, thank you. I have been taking my hair care journey so seriously. And I just can't be quiet about it because my ponytail is literally 10 times thicker. 
It's a medley of things that I've been doing. And one of those things is a really great hair serum. And why I really like this one is it's the best for scalp massage. I really like scalp massage. I feel like it lifts the fascia in the scalp, which lifts your face. And I also think it grows hair. So to mix a really great hair serum with the scalp massage is the move. The one I like is by Vegamore. And I just think that what I've noticed is like really visibly thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair. It comes in this little cute pink bottle and nothing that they create is ever formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. I like to use this on dry hair a lot because I'm not a big fan of washing my hair. I also think that's helped to really grow it. So I'll use it on dry hair before I do a sleek bun. I'll put it in my hand, rub it in my hands, and then get in there with my hands. Absolutely amazing. It's such a move and a habit stack. Give your hair the power of the little pink bottle with Vegamore. For a limited time, him and her listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash skinny. Use code skinny at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash skinny. Code skinny to save 20% off on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash skinny code skinny. Let's talk about one of my favorite apps of all time, and that is the Drizzly app. Drizzly is the go-to app for drink delivery. Drizzly is the most convenient way to get beer, wine, and spirits delivered to your doorstep right when you want it. Have you ever been hosting a party and all of a sudden you realize you're running low on the refreshments, you're running low on the beer, you're running low on the wine, you're running low on the liquor? Not any longer. Just go to the Drizzly app and place an order for any of those items and it'll be delivered straight to your door, no longer having to drive late into the night to the liquor store or to the convenience store to grab replacements and refreshments for your party. I use it all the time when I'm looking for specialty spirits, whether I'm looking to make cocktails or if I'm looking for wine, they provide the best prices online. And like I said, they just deliver it straight to your door so you don't have to waste time driving around and looking and checking prices. Drizzly's tailored experience lets you find the perfect drink for the occasion. No matter what it is, you'll save time by shopping, a huge selection of drinks from wherever you are. And it's also the perfect application if you're like me and you forget to get gifts for people. Sometimes I lag a little bit and realize I'm a little late. I'm last minute to get that gift. Boom, just go on the Drizzly app, order somebody a nice bottle of wine, a nice spirit, and have it delivered straight to their door as well. So check out one of our favorite apps, download the Drizzly app, or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and use code SKINNY to receive $5 off or a $0 delivery fee off your next order. Must be 21 plus, not valid in all states. Codes cannot be combined with any other offers, not valid at all retailers. Code expires on 11-3-23 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. That's drizzly.com and use code SKINNY. Let me tell you about the world's best whole body deodorant. It's called Lumi. You guys, deodorant stops at your armpits usually. This one doesn't. This is clinically proven to control odor-causing bacteria everywhere, pits, privates, and beyond. And it works for 72 hours. So if you're going to the gym, you can grab it on the go. If you're just like having a long workday and then you have drinks, you can keep it around. What's so crazy is this was created by an OBGYN, and she met thousands of women who are concerned with odor below the belt. She discovered it wasn't the vagina to blame, but bacteria on the skin. So she created Lumi, a pH-optimized aluminum-free deodorant that actually works, and it works everywhere. It is so popular that there's 150,000 five-star reviews. And of course, we have a code for you. All new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code skinny at lumideodorant.com. 
I think this is really great to have on hand. If you're busy on the go, you want something aluminum free that works on your pits and below the belt. I think this is really solving a problem here, if you know what I mean. The Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and you get free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi Starter Pack with code SKINNY at checkout. Go to lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SKINNY. I think that that there's also another layer too of what you're saying that there's a pressure on women now to like be a stay-at-home mom, cook for the husband, fuck him, yeah. and then also oh, well, let's not get rid of those things. <laughs> <laughs> also, He's like, like hold on. yeah, like go like then also like be a millionaire. Yeah, and like you're right, it doesn't have you can doesn't pick, have to be you like can that. cherry pick yeah. what works for you. Yeah, and do well, that. That's like what I think is like the beauty of like feminism, right? Is like the choice and not that like to, the choice to do whatever the fuck you want to do. And that took a long time for me to to understand because, you know, I have friends who are stay at home moms in back in Ohio. And I'm like, why? You guys, L.A., look at this. Look at and because that's how I feel fulfilled. That's how I feel motivated. That's what energizes me. That's what like I enjoy. It's not for everyone. Like one way of life is not prescriptive. I even have friends to this day that are like, you need to do this. You need to do this brand. You need to do that. And I'm like, you guys, you have that entrepreneurial spirit in that way. You have something that you want to do. I don't want to do something for the sake of doing something. Like, I'm not going to create a brand just so I can go, oh, I've got a brand. Like, I don't need that, you know? And I think it's making those choices for yourself and not feeling the pressures from the outside to do things that, like, aren't for you. What do you do that doesn't necessarily have to do with money, but that's more to your purpose? I sit on the board of the People Concern. I sit on the board of the Climate Reality Project, and I try and give as much time and attention that I can to like doing cause-driven work, whether that be educating people about the climate crisis or volunteering my time with the People Concern. That makes me feel like I have purpose on this planet, doing that type of stuff, for sure. I love how you said that Instagram, like you don't, you, you hate it, but you know that it's like part of the gig to, yeah. to push the ideas that you're learning through. Totally. You use it as a tool. I totally. also think that like sometimes people over glamorize owning a brand or owning a company 100%. or running a business. And I think personally, I used to get so stressed out about trying to align purpose with a mm. monetizable yeah. asset. Right. And, and, you know, what I try to, remind people is like a lot of the stuff that you deal with as you know running a company or owning a brand or any of these things is like it's a lot of like really stressful tough stuff firing and hiring and hr and fine and all these things and unless you're really called to that yeah calling that there's so many other ways to find purpose to your point right And and i think like people should talk about some of the ugly stuff a little bit more yeah you know, like when they say, you, what is the thing when you find your path? You'll never work a day in your life. Totally. Like, no, I'm always working. Yeah. It's all a bunch of shit that I don't like all yeah. the time. But this, but I happen to love doing this. And yeah. so it like enables me to deal with all the shit. A hundred percent. Like, know? I hate sharing on social media. Hot take. You're private. I just, it's a lot. It's hard for me to do that. And like, but, you know, I know it affords me the life that I have. And like, there are moments where I do feel connected to people and I really like it. But like, 
it's not the end all be all, you know, but like sometimes you do things because it, it makes money and well, that's fine to live I'll give your you life. An example. I was telling Lauren when COVID happened. Yeah. Calm down, everybody. <laughs> I was running this business, Dear Media, which we're in right now. And half the team and half the company was in Texas. Mm. And half the team and half the company was here. And I got into this because I like to talk to people yeah. on a mic and have fun and yeah. chat. And the amount of people that were bombarding me constantly about the take on COVID and the policies and what I was going to do or not do, I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like, this is like, I'm not the guy. I don't yeah. know. I'm a fucking podcaster, yeah. right? <laughs> And, but, but, you know, you have all these people and you got to think about everyone, there's multiple perspectives. And I was just thinking to myself, if I didn't absolutely like love talking to people like yourself, yeah. there's no, I would have got up and just said, fuck this and totally. laugh. And I would have never dealt with anyone. Yeah. So you guys figure it out. Yeah. And I think people like, you know, they don't think about those kind of things when it comes yeah. to Yeah. And just how game. hard it is in it's general. Miserable. Like I have friends who are entrepreneurs like Jen Atkin and I mean, obviously like him and like seeing Jen create her brand from like the bottom up, like it was not easy. She just didn't appear on fucking Sephora shelves. I remember being in her kitchen, like, you know, in the sink, like smelling shampoos and stuff with her. Like it wasn't just all of a sudden this like really huge glamorous brand. Like there are a lot of brands that do not make it because people don't realize how much time and effort like Mare, like Mariana, like lives and breathes summer Fridays. Like it's so successful because disciplined. she's disciplined yeah. and she loves it. Right. And she's passionate about it. And those opportunities and those instances are far and few for people. And that is so amazing when, if you're in that position, but like, don't knock yourself if you just have a job and like it pays the bills, you take care of your family and then you just live your life and you find purpose in other ways. That's awesome. Like, I think there's two different worlds. And I do think talking about that hopefully makes people feel a little less stressed because it's fucking stressful to be like, oh my God, what am well, I going to do? I don't know. I've thought all the time. I'm like, maybe I should go to one of these big companies and just have them deal with this yeah. podcast and have, I'll just be the talent in that with Lauren, right? I'll just like, they can take care of all this stuff and they can figure out the COVID policy, right? And I, but I, again, I think people unfortunately sometimes over glamorize these things. And again, people will look at someone like yourself who's had all of this success mm -hmm. and they'll miss some of the nuances that go in or they'll miss some of the things that you actually find passion with. Yeah. Right. And and I think that it's it's good that you're talking about it more because I think a lot of people look to you as a, as a source of either inspiration or advice or, you know, like where to take their own life. Thank you. That's Plot really twist. Nice. Ooh, tell me. You are really into matcha, right? Yeah. <laughs> you should get her matcha tips. I've seen like the whisk and the whole setup on your page. He just got into matcha. Oh, well, no I had way. to calm down on the coffee. It was a little much. Really? Can you tell much. him the tips? Because he's Wait, like testing is... milks and frothing and like, I, we want to know the secret. Do you have a milk frother? Is that the... the I have he the... has a stick one. Should he get the frother? I do like the frother. I've got to say. I have the stick one as well. I think like they're both. I But I also have like the Japanese like old school to whisk it by hand, which uh, is... That's what I want. That's, my roots are calling to me. I yeah. need to get there with the yeah, yeah. It's really the way. Like pushing a button is just like, no. Like you really want to, and you want to have the matcha bowl, like a Japanese a ceramic bowl matcha source? bowl. A yeah. Good... And then you you want to hand whisk it. And you know you don't go whisk it in a circle. You whisk it back yeah, and back, forth. Do you have a bamboo guy? Is that, is that what it is? I don't have a bamboo guy, but oh. I, I have a, I'll send you my, 
But like also, God, I feel like I'm giving so many hot takes on this. I well, switched to coffee. You sw- <gasps> no, so you I, did. I had coffee I today because I knew like we had to do this cooking show before we came on. Do you know who Burt Kreischer fun. is? No, but that's oh my, so he's, fun. He's insane in the, in the best way. But we went there and then now here. So I did have some coffee today because we flew in last night. But okay. I was drinking too much coffee. I was like, it was bad. Oh, I can only do one shot of espresso in my latte. Yeah, so it was Wait, one so you day. do a coffee with a shot of espresso in it or just espresso and milk? Espresso and milk, like a latte. Okay. I was doing a coffee with a shot of espresso in the oh, coffee. Damn. So it's too much. I would be geeked out. So do you, do you have like a whole, because you're so organized, do you have like a whole ritual around the coffee? Oh, yeah. Tell me the ritual. And well, the thing is, I... Well, if, if like on the coffee, I'm going back I know to coffee. That, I, you know, <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, because I was a matcha girl for so long. And then I was like, ugh, I really want to be a coffee person. I don't know why I never drank coffee in all of my life. But we got this coffee machine installed in the kitchen. And so now I make my own coffee. I get the best beans. From? I think it's called. Oh, the, Is it a wolf coffee system? Emile. Emile Emile's great too. Yeah. The brand. I don't know what the brand is called. Maybe it's called Monarch or the beans that I get are called okay. Monarch. Okay. When I tell you I'm such a bean snob now, these beans be. are, it, it changed everything. Can I have your I will. Pen? I'll send you the link okay, to these beans. Are they mold-free beans? I've never seen mold. No, but I mean like sometimes, oh, we're gonna have a oh, God. sometimes oh, God. coffee has mold. So sometimes coffee mold-free. beans have mold and so you got to get the mold-free. ones. They're I'm going to guess they're mold-free. They're mold-free. good beans. Are probably they're, they're the, and like, because I don't add sugar. I don't add any of that because the beans are just so black coffee. delicious. It's like an espresso shot and then I'll put an oat milk in it. Okay, but I'm going to tell you something. I've been drinking raw milk. I think I, that's I, just for you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to tell you guys. I don't think you could talk about that. Laura. I think you get arrested for having raw milk. I want to tell you about raw milk. Oh, is that illegal? I think people I are like raiding. Are, people are saying it's Lord, illegal. Shut the fuck up. We're going to get some trouble. Raw milk is the best pre-workout in your coffee because you get energy, a little sugar, so a little carb. intolerant. Okay. But you might not be with, with raw, raw milk. milk. Well, that they is say gnarly. that the that you people become lack that people become lactose intolerant because of the way the milk is pasteurized. Is that correct, Lauren? Yeah, that's the way. Or, that I thought heat- it was like something that you're you didn't have an enzyme to digest. Well, because I think the way they treat it. Listen, uh, the internet's now going to yell at me, but yeah, no, we're, Paul Saladino's going to listen and throw the mic across <laughs> the room. I think that has to. They're saying that if it's raw milk and it hasn't been pasteurized or pressed uh, or hot pressed in yeah, some way yeah. that you can your system digest can it. I don't yeah. think you're the raw milk expert, but I'm gonna tell you I it's a know. great pre workout. My eczema flares up when I do dairy. Try raw milk. Okay. Lord, let me you tell you. To something. Get it, like, raw milk sounds really gnarly. I'm like a dealer. Didn't they talk about raw milk on that one show? Which one? Oh, with Dan Levy. The oh, one um, where they live in a motel. Shits Creek. Yeah, Shits Creek. He like sold raw milk and secretly. it was like secretly. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. is it like a thing? Texting someone. Yeah. It's like it's the whole thing. Lord, you're going to get. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble. And also, you know that whatever <laughs> yes, we talk canceled. about on this show, I will proclaim to uh, be an absolute what expert other, on. <laughs> what other wellness routines and rituals do you do? You, you run your life, in my opinion, very disciplined. So what are the things that you do in the morning, in the night? Like any like mm. weird, random niche things. I recently got a um, trampoline. Mm, rebound therapy um, yeah i do rebound in a bellicon i recently got that just to help with the lymphatic system it helps like wake me up and i added that to my morning routine and and also this woman this spiritual woman that i work with she told me that i need to get outside because i need to just like obviously you don't pick up your phone obviously i i do it i pick up my phone but when i'm trying to be good i don't and then i just go outside and you just like want the sun to like just be outside take the breaths and I do my jumps on the trampoline just to like wake my body up. That's a great tip. You're outside. You're soaking you in got, the sunlight. Yeah, yeah. We just got, we just had a half an hour conversation about butthole sunning. 
So that's definitely that? not in my Remember morning routine I'm as like, of yet. Go on the rebounder and just <laughs> ass to the sky. <laughs> Jumping on. The, you never know with the internet. Yeah. I mean, you could get really. I mean, I'll, I'll TikTok it and then maybe I'll go. <laughs> that would, yeah. Sell I, some I, trampolines. I'm sure the rebounder people would, um, <laughs> would find that. Really yeah, they'd be excited about it. What are some ways that people can quickly do something good for the earth? Just like three tips that they can quickly change um, today. Buy less. I mean, shop locally and vote. What about something with plastic? Is there something that you have switched to that was plastic that you didn't even know? We don't use any plastic. No plastic. Yeah. I mean, sometimes look, but plastic has been made to be the enemy. And sometimes plastic is necessary, like in hospitals or whatever. Like, you know, we can't like plastic isn't always like the enemy. There are uses for it. But single use plastic where you can have something that is reusable, obviously take that option. I you have know. a friend who's part of the physically challenged community and he he's like crusading against plastic alternatives because he needs. He the, need, yeah, he needs some people it. absolutely do. And so I think I think, too, like as we're on this like climate journey as a society, like things are changing the way that we like the way we are targeted and blamed as consumers for this problem, I think, is a lot of the problem where there are a handful of companies that are polluting far more than any single individual. And if they happen to just change the way that they were doing their running their business, this climate crisis would not be in, so dire in the situation. As an individual, yes, we can all do small steps, but like on a larger scale, like we're not to blame because this thing can't be recycled. The people that are making the thing that can't be recycled, they should be the ones that are taking, you know, accountability for the shit that they've put in the world. Could you give an example without naming names of some of something that you're talking about? I mean, like you think about plastic bottles, yeah. right? Like they're not always like we have glass here. Like everyone's like oh, the whole recycling thing is kind of like a marketing scheme. Like you bought it. So you have your you take responsibility. But like, no, this is these are the only products that are available to me. This is the only thing that's I only have access to this product. That's not a consumer thing. That's a manufacturer thing. And so to put the responsibility on consumers is really unfair, honestly. And so it's like, as consumers, we have to like advocate with our purchases and like our vote to help change these policies so that there's more, you know, policing of these large companies that are fucking polluting the entire world. What are you working on right now that is in line with that or something that you're excited about? Um, oh my gosh. Uh, Future Earth is partnering with Climate Power um, which is really exciting. They're an incredible organization and it's just going to give us so much more opportunity to, you know, have larger campaigns and do more in like, you know, IRL, I hate saying IRL, I don't know why I said that, do more in-person activations and just kind of like, you know, put more backing into a lot of the, the projects that we want to do. So I'm really excited about that. Give us Steph Shep's number one beauty tip, the hair. I mean, is the hair, is this just like, is this just like the hair, your hair is like stunning. Is this just your hair that you're genetically born with? Kind of. Yeah. 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 She is beautiful. You both have beautiful hair. You've got great hair. Yeah. Asian hair. Yeah. I think it is that. My sisters have like long, beautiful. What's the beauty tip? One beauty tip if you have one. Oh my gosh. Your best one. Have a good dermatologist. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Your skincare. I guess like just like wash your face before bed. (laughs) Oh, my God. So you're just your hair is just naturally like this in your skin. I have a good dermatologist, honestly, like understand your skin. So less is more for me. Can you share who your dermatologist is? I go to Christy Kidd in Beverly Hills. I love her. She's amazing. 
But I think finding a dermatologist that's like, okay, like some people don't even know what kind of skin texture or skin, like, are you oily or that? Like, who knows? Like, I have tried so many different things that I'm like, oh, I only put moisturizer. Like, I don't put moisturizer in this part of my face. Huh. So like, you know, tailoring routines, like like what Hailey Bieber does is not necessarily like going to be the right thing for me, but I'm going to try her products for sure. But like, I'm going to only try them right here because huh. like this part of my face gets really clogged. And that's just something that I've learned about myself in like trial and error. And so now I only like I'm a, I'm a cheekies kind of girl. We need to go to, to Christy Kid and we need to find out where we should be putting moisturizer. Yeah. And I love lasers. Which laser? Laser Genesis. Laser Genesis. Live for it. What do you love get a that? laser? Is that Dr. Diamond? I do Christy Kid for Laser Genesis. Love Laser Genesis. And like, you know, treat yourself to a facial every now and again if you can. Facial. We all like, it's nice. A facial is my favorite. Like that's, if I, for the rest of my life, could do one thing once a week, yeah. I do a facial. Yeah. Where can everyone find you? Your collaborations, which one are available? Is Beekeepers Natural still available? I don't know if Beekeepers is still available, actually. My Adenola collab. Well, it's sold out. So <laughs> in 48 hours, your collaboration sold out. That's incredible. Yeah, that was exciting. You're also a long-term ambassador of Slip. We love our Slip scrunchies. You live had for a it. collaboration with Beekeepers Naturals. Which we love. We yeah. love that collaboration. Love Beekeepers. All of their products, honestly, are so good for you. It's the best. My kids like fight me to drink the cough syrup when they're sick. It's, Even when they're not sick. They're like, yeah. hey. And the spray that, that you spray in your mouth. And it, it, yeah, the I propolis, love, the throat spray. It's the best. It's the best thing, especially traveling. And, and the brain fuel. It's like. I have brain fuel literally in my bag right that's now. That's the jam. Be Hi, Carly. Sat- and yeah. you're an investor in Cove, U.S. ambassador for, how do you say it? Bulgari. Bulgari jewelry. I mean, very there impressive that partnership, <laughs> <laughs> Where can everyone find you, support everything you're doing, pimp yourself out to our audience? Ooh, cool. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Steph Shep. And I don't really live on TikTok, but you could find me there if you so choose. We're still trying to figure out TikTok, to be honest. And you're also in oh. a feature film, Something from Tiffany's, oh, produced by Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine. That came out last year, yeah. Pretty cool. Busy, yeah. Busy. Damn, yeah. you're busy. You got a lot going on. Thank you. Thank you for coming on that interview. I got some tips and tricks. And you guys go check out her TikTok because I'm telling you, the packing thing changed my chaotic life. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. As always, let us know who you guys want to hear next on the show. Go to my Instagram at Lauren Bostick. We love your guest recommendations and make sure you've rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time.